As creators, there are so many things that we have to learn to be successful in this industry, from managing our content and our audience to our personal life and mental health. In Coached, a sub-series of Social Scoop podcasts by SocialMate, we work one-on-one with a member of our private creator coaching community, The Social Suite, and you get to be a fly on the wall during our call. I'm Kristen Busquette, I've been a full-time creator for over three years and have brought in over $350,000 from sponsored posts and content creation collaborations with brands so far. Social Scoop is the podcast where we teach you, the entrepreneurial creator, to turn your online influence into a profitable, self-sustaining business. Let's dive right in. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Social Scoop Podcast. My name is Kristen Busquette, and as always, I'm so excited that you're here. Today, you are listening to Coach, a series where we let you be a fly on the wall during a one-on-one coaching call with a member of our private creator community, The Social Suite. Today, I'm here with Anna Kelfayan. She is a creator who shares tips on gut health, easy recipes, and self-care. So if you're interested in getting your free one-on-one podcast coaching call, you can become a member of our private creator... Nope, hold on. You can become a... (laughs) You can become a member of our private membership community, The Social Suite. Without further ado, let's dive into it. Anna, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to be here. Yay! So you've been like in The Social Suite for like pretty recently, I feel like you joined. So we haven't had a ton of opportunities to like actually um, talk like one-on-one on video. So I'm really excited to hear more about you, but also like go through all the the things that you wanted to go through today. So Before we get started, I'd love to kind of just have you introduce yourself for anyone new who doesn't know you yet. Okay, sure. My name is Anna. I am the gut girly on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, all the things. (laughs) Um, But I'm a registered dietitian and I specialize in all things gut health. So healthy eating in regards to gut health, grocery shopping tips, and also a little bit of self-care and wellness as well. Um, I'm based in sunny San Diego, and I'm a pretty outdoorsy girl and love to just create recipes and share things um, with everyone online. So yeah. I love it. (laughs) I actually need to like take some more time to like go through and like favorite some of your content and stuff because right now in my life I'm trying to like get my gut health where it needs to be and so I need to like sit down and dedicate time to like go through all your videos um, but, yeah I'm, I'm sure it is the ones that I, the ones that I've seen so far I'm like dang she's good um so yeah thank you for the content you create I'm sure it's helpful for a lot of people um so the first thing that you wanted to go through was um securing long-term brand deals so I want to hear a little bit more first about kind of what brand deals have looked like for you so far um have you been able to secure long-term deals like if if not like where do you find yourself struggling just kind of give me more information about that Sure. So yeah, I've been able to, you know, get secure brand deals. Um, I probably had six or seven now, but they've all been kind of one-off situations. So, um, and most of them have been me reaching out to the brand and, um, typically products that I've used. Um, so yeah, just really trying to either turn those into longer term situations or searching for other brands that you know may have bigger budgets or um are looking for things that are more long term 
Okay. So with the partnerships that you've had so far, and it's good that actually like these partnerships are ones that you've done the outreach for, because a lot of the times like that's, it's, it's really hard to secure partnerships where you're doing the outreach. So they must be doing something right. That's really great. Um, now with those partnerships, when you are reaching out and you're kind of in the stages of like negotiation with these brands, have you at that point tried to like say, oh, well, let's, you know, maybe try and do three months worth of deliverables and see what happens. Or are you kind of just like, I just want to like get this contract signed and like lock it in. Cause I'm afraid to like mess with anything. Yeah. That's pretty much been, Yeah how I go into <laughs> every single one. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Like it's, I think it's scary for a lot of people to like, sh- you know, shake anything around because you're afraid that if you were to introduce, you know, let's do three months or six months worth of collaborations, they'll be like, mm, never mind, just kidding. We don't want to do anything. Um, yes. So I get that. You don't want to like ruffle the feathers. Um, mm-hmm. So that's like one point though, that it is really good to try and kind of lock in those uh, long-term deals. So it was like a few times throughout a partnership when I think well, there are like ideal times and that's one of them. Um, typically what I like to do when I am in the beginning stages, trying to kind of like negotiate a longer deal, I guess, first of all, limiting belief is that, you know, like they're going to just say no and be like, screw right. you by. Um, most of the time, like I would say 99% of the time, that's probably not going to happen. Um, it's, you know, it's like a fear you'll work to get, get through. But basically at that point is a really great point to try and offer them different options to make a long-term deal really appealing. So one thing that I like to do, and this is funny, I actually learned this, um, long, long time ago when I was uh, working at a salon, I was a receptionist at a salon. And basically what she told me was when people were coming out to the desk to pay, she said, I want you to put three products on the on the reception desk and show them all three products. And 99% of the time, they're not going to buy all three, but they're almost always going to buy one. So when you present people with options, like one always is going to look more appealing or maybe two look more appealing um, than the other ones. And so it's a great way to kind of get people interested in other options versus just like, here's what we're doing. And that's that. So what I like to do at this stage is um, actually kind of lay out three different options for the brand. So I might say, it's great that you guys are interested in working together you know, based on maybe you've had a conversation with them about their goals or whatever it is, um, based on what you're looking for, here are three different packages that I think would be really great. And so those three different packages, usually what I try and do is get one that's like right under their budget or maybe like, you know, like a lower ticket package. And that might just be like something super simple. Um, That's kind of like, you don't really want them to choose that one, but it's like last resort it's better than nothing kind of thing. Um, second one, I usually try and do like right at their budget or just a tiny bit over. And then the third one I'll do over their budget or like over what I expect them to spend if I don't know their budget. Um, but it's a good deal. And so my goal is to try and get them to choose that last one. So a lot of the times what that last package might look like, for example, just for round numbers, if my, uh, you know, a reel was a thousand dollars, I might say, let's do three reels, one per month for three months. Um, and let's do it for $2,500 or like okay. $2,250 or something. So I'm happy because I'm making a few thousand dollars, but right. 
you know, like they're like, man, well, if we want to, if we like her, like we want to work with her, wouldn't it make sense for us to like save a bunch of money now and lock this in? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and worst case scenario, like if they don't have thousands of dollars and you option number one is maybe like $500 for a three to five slide story segment, at least they can kind of like go for something that's lower ticket if they don't have a lot of money to spend. Or maybe it's like a UGC video or something. Um, but the goal is like, let's package this number mm-hmm. option number three, like as beautifully as possible so that they're like, Oh, like this is such a good deal. We can't pass it up. Totally. Um, how do you feel about that? Do you feel like you could think of like some good options for those? Yeah, no, I, I definitely think I could. And I mean, just with the example that you said with offering the three products, I was in a situation where I had recently gotten a facial and she showed me one product at the end and I was like, wait, I wanted more. So yeah. I feel like, yeah, giving the options is just like really important because they have yeah. something to choose from, even though they may not, you know, yeah. like the one that yeah. you wanted. Exactly. Like it's, and one is better than nothing. Like even if they yes. choose the lowest ticket one, like whatever, at least I have my foot in the door, you know? So that's like kind of, I guess the first place that you could kind of try and secure a longer term deal. And I think it's the best place to do it. But it also is one of the harder places to do it, especially if this is a brand where maybe you haven't worked with them before. Mm -hmm. Because now you have to say like, let's lock in three months worth of work when they don't necessarily know how you are to work with. Yes. You know, so like it's, you kind of have to get them to trust you and like, no, I swear, like, I really am good. Like, trust me. Um, but you know, every creator says that. And then there are plenty of creators that are horrible to work with. So it's difficult. Um, yes. but that's where, you know, like having a really strong portfolio or media kit, um, having really strong content on your feed, maybe sending them a, a few links in your pitch that show previous partnerships you've done, like anything that can kind of show them previous work and and maybe in your email showing how professional you are and how quick you are to respond to emails like those are that's like one way to kind of check all those boxes of like all right well she's been really great to work with her past work is really great i feel more comfortable about locking in something that's three months long um so that's kind of the first place um Other place that you can do this, and I think this is a little bit easier to do, um, is after you are kind of like wrapping up the first campaign. You know, a lot of brands, again, they're going to be nervous to lock in three, six, 12 months worth of partnerships with someone they've never worked with before. Right. So once you've done kind of like this test partnership with them, then at that point, you know, it would probably be a lot easier for you to be like, look at all this great work we created together. Like, wasn't I awesome? We should do it again. Um, However, the issue with that is that if you do that first partnership and, you know, UGC is easier in this situation, but if it's sponsored and you post it and it's like crickets and, you know, it doesn't, doesn't perform well, then it's a little more difficult to say like, Hey, you should keep hiring me. Right. Um, you know, because maybe it didn't perform where either of you guys expected it to. Mm-hmm. Um, so it could be more difficult, but I think for the most part, most brands understand that sponsored posts don't typically garner the same interaction um, or the same results that a regular post would. I I feel very confident that most brands know that at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are more understanding, but at the end of the day, like their goal is to get this video out and, and make money. So totally, you know, could be a toss up there, but in that situation, if you do have a really great partnership and you know, everything goes really well, you create content you're super proud of, that's a great point to say, 
you know, here are all of the stats from the partnership. Like, here's my little wrap up. Also, what are you guys working on for, I guess at this point, we might say like for Q2 for the second quarter. Um, And then I can kind of like restart that interaction of like, all right, what are your goals for the second quarter? Um, You know, like, what are you guys looking to push? Like, do you have any new products, anything um, new that are your marketing initiatives? And how can I help? And then maybe you get on another call with them kind of thing. And and work out something. But I think at that point, again, if you did have a great partnership, when you are on these calls, you can kind of look, try and like, I guess, make them more interested in like, all right, well, if you are launching this new sunscreen uh, for, you know, Q2 for everyone going into the summer, um, what if we were to do, you know, three pulses, we did like, you know, March, April, May, or whatever, um, to really push the sunscreen before summer, and you kind of like can kind of make your own little mini marketing campaign for them. Um, that is more long term now that they can kind of trust you a little bit more. Um, Got it. Does that all make sense? Yes, that definitely makes sense. Yeah, I mean, this is unfortunately not the easiest thing to do um, mm-hmm. with like securing long term deals. Again, I think the beginning when you're negotiating is the easiest time to do it. However. Okay. The thing is, like a lot of brands, every brand works in a different way with how they run campaigns. So like one brand might just always have a little bit of money and like whenever they feel like spending it, they spend it. But also, what if you finish this campaign in February and then, you know, they don't have any money until like March again or or June or whatever, like you never know when. So it's really difficult at the end for you to be like, yeah, let's go into this great partnership. And they're like, we're not running a campaign right now. So um, in those situations, this is why so much of what I teach is based on relationships, because if you can just build a really strong relationship, then even if they don't have money right after you finish that kind of like test campaign and you want to go into something else with them, at least when they have money again, they're going to be like, remember when we worked with Anna? She was great. Like, we loved her. We should ask her to work with us again. And so keeping those relationships um, strong and again, being a really great brand partner will have brands and agencies coming back to you time and time again. Um, So, you know, like building those relationships and and kind of like planting those seeds is literally the most important part about like getting rehired from brands and agencies altogether. Okay, that makes sense. I can think of a brand in my head right now that I'm kind of in that post partnership relationship with and we're still in contact. So um, I'm hoping I can just, you know, keep that conversation going. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, I guess one kind of tip there too, like if you are, maybe it's, you know, right in February and you know that she said they're not going to have budget again until like early summer. What do you do in that in between time? You know, like that's when you stay up to date on all their socials, like make sure you're still commenting on socials and like, you know, seeing what they're doing on LinkedIn. We've talked about LinkedIn, Um, you know, like how can you connect with them on LinkedIn? Like just like kind of be there. Hi, hey, hi, <laughs> don't forget about me. Like, you know, and, and okay. literally that's, that's how it works. Cause then you're top of mind when there is an opportunity that, that comes along. Um, and you can also in that time too, like maybe you send them an email halfway through that period of when you know that they don't really have anything going on and you say, Hey, like just wanted to check in with you guys. How's everything going? Oh, I saw that you're uh, on Instagram, you just posted that you're cruelty free. Like, that's so exciting. Da, 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 whatever. Like, you can just send emails to say like, hey, what's up? You know, you don't okay. always have to be like, 
pitching, pitching, pitching. Um, right. Pay attention to what they're doing on socials and like congratulate them or, you know, ask questions. Oh, I saw that you're um, this new product is is coming out. Like, is it cruelty free? Like, I'm just curious because I'd love to share it in my stories or I don't know, whatever. Okay. But don't be afraid to like keep those conversations going. That's how you're going to stay top of mind. But also like that's where the work comes in of like, maybe you need to stay organized with like, this is a list of brands that I'm like in the process of like warming up. Okay. I got to make sure that I keep like on their socials and like keep up to what date with what they're doing, you know? Okay. Yeah. That's, that's what I've been trying to do every month. Well, you know, starting this year was have like four brands to kind of focus on and, you know, keep up to date with them on all social media platforms and stay engaged with them. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the best thing that you could do for sure. Um, now another thing that you wanted to kind of go through here was when you are working with a brand, you have your partnership with them and you want to ask them for those analytics to kind of use almost like as a case study for other brands that you might be pitching just to know how things perform. So have you been like in a situation like this so far? Um, yeah, so I had um one ad running which didn't pop up for me but other people had seen it yeah. and reached out to me and I was like, "Oh, great." Um so it's probably been a couple months since I think the ad was run and I would just be curious to see like what those analytics look like. Is that something that's like appropriate to do? Is like is that something brands will share? Um I've just yeah. haven't been in that situation yet. Yeah, I mean, it definitely is something that I think most brands won't have. They won't like think that's crazy for you to ask that. Um, Also, because they understand that like this is something that most brands would love to know. Like, what is the performance of another sponsorship that you did with a company? Like that information is is great for you to leverage for future partnerships. Um, So typically, I guess how you can kind of handle this, um, when you are maybe sending that like wrap up email um, with your your stats, and again, maybe seeing like, if can we do something long term? Like, what are you guys working on? Um, Maybe also in that email, you say, I would love to know if you have any insight on how X, Y, and Z performed, um, you know, so that I can share this information um, with future collaborators or future future brands that I would partner with. Um, and, and again, like, I don't, I think it's one of those things where like, it might feel inappropriate to ask, but realistically, it's not crazy information. Um, especially if it's like something like, uh, you know, maybe you had a link, like a UTM link where they can track how many people click it and then how many people purchase through those links. Like that is great information for you to have really, really great information for you to have. Um, and so like, that's not super private, you know, like you're the one sending them there. Um, Maybe things that they would be a little more private about might be something like how much money they're spending on ads um, or, you know, things like that. Um, But again, like I always think it's worth asking if you really feel weird about it. You can always say like, it's totally fine if you're not comfortable sharing this, but anything that you're willing to share would be really helpful for me. Um, And then you kind of give them the opportunity, like, if for whatever reason they can't share it's confidential i don't know um then like that's fine just asking but okay. yeah i wouldn't worry about it okay yeah no that yeah i i sometimes i feel like things are sent off and then i'm like how did it do what happened? you know like yeah. i want to see the concrete um you know analytics of right. what 
how it performed. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And again, like that's great information for you to have to say, you know, if you're ever in a situation where a brand is like arguing with you about rate or things like that, like it would be great for you to have like a little PDF case study of like, well, you know, when I worked with this brand, like this is how much money I brought in. So I feel confident that you can pay me this much money because like I can bring in money, you know, Um, and, and like that could be the kind of like make it or break it of you landing a a partnership or not. So I would definitely ask whenever you can. And again, like worst that can happen is they say no. And you're like, okay, cool. Anyway. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. I wouldn't worry about it. Um, Again, I think it's like one of those, one of those, like not necessarily like a limiting belief, but something that just like feels uncomfortable that where you don't want to like ruffle feathers. Like you don't want this brand to be offended that you're asking them for this information and, you know, like then not want to work with you or something. Um, right. And that kind of actually brings us to like our third topic of, of gaining confidence in talking with brands, you know, like how to, how to get on calls and have these conversations or even an email, how to have these conversations. Um, so give us a little bit of insight. Like how do you feel right now about communicating with brands? Um, I feel like initial like conversation, I feel pretty great about it's when we kind of start talking about their goals. And I think sometimes, obviously, the brand has, you know, what they want, and I have what I want. And sometimes when the conversation's not going in the direction I had hoped it to go, I kind of shut down a little bit. Um, I was like recently in a situation where the brand said, this is the budget that we have every month. And, you know, we pick creators every month and like, that's kind of it. But I still wanted to kind of open their, you know, eyes to like some like different ideas and things and things I had planned on saying, but because like, that was kind of how the conversation started, I kind of pedaled back a little bit. Um, So I guess you know, without trying to be like offensive of like, this is maybe not what you're looking for. But like, yeah, is this something like, that is of interest to you, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, it's something that the more you have these conversations, obviously, the more comfortable you'll get having them. Um, But I do think it's something that where you like slowly have to build confidence with again it's a negotiations you know like how do I explain what I need and that like I don't just want to work with you for one month for you know two hundred dollars and then never talk again like that's not necessarily what you need but it's what the brand is saying well this is what we want like take it or leave it Mm -hmm. um I think that most brands when they are kind of like saying well this is what we do like you know this is our budget this is what what's happening I think a lot of the times they do have a little bit of wiggle room. Like if a brand really wants you, I do think that they'll find room. They might pull, you know, an extra $50 from their advertising budget and use it towards uh, their influencer budget just so they can give you an extra $50. And that's, you know, the difference of you saying yes or no. Um, So I, (laughs) maybe this is me being stubborn, but I feel like when a brand tells me like, this is our budget, I'm always like, so I'm going to add like a hundred dollars to that. And then we'll see, you know, because you never know, you never know until you ask a lot of brands are like, Nope, this is it. But then they just need to like start at a lower 
or you know, like a lower number because they know that you're gonna like try and negotiate it up. Um, right. and it's the same thing with we that we do. Like we say our budget or our rate is six hundred dollars when it's really five hundred, so we have that room to negotiate. So it's it's no different. Um, right. But most brands just like us have that point where it's like, no, we really can't go past this. Like you're not, mm-hmm. you might say $500 is your rate, but like you really can't go under 300. Like that's crazy. Um, right. And it's the same thing, but I do think it's worth always presenting your ideas, presenting your options. Um, because again, something you say might intrigue them so much that they're like, okay, we really like that. Let's find a way to make it work. And you okay. never know until you say it, you know? Um, right. Yeah, like I think it's important for creators to remember that you, yes, you're the one being hired and you're the one getting, you know, hired and paid for the service, but it is a 50 50 relationship at the end of the day. You know, like you're being hired for your expertise and for your experience and for your, your output, like what you can create. Um, and it's important for you to remember that like, if they didn't really like you, if they didn't respect what you were doing and and want what you were doing to also translate, you know, over to their brand, then they wouldn't even be having the conversation. Um, you know, like it's, it's a 50, 50 relationship. If you don't say, well, you know, like, what about all of this? Because this would actually work really, really well. You know, a lot you're deep in social media. A lot of the people who are hiring influencers may not be as deep as you are. So you might be like ahead of the curve with, with things and they want to do something that was cool six months ago or whatever, you know, like maybe it's important for you at that point to say, okay, well, that's a great idea. And like, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. However, this is what I've been seeing a lot of. And I think that we could have a lot of success with this because X, Y, and Z and again, like you, you may never know. They might be like, no, we hate that. We're just going to stick with what we want to do. And like, cool, yeah. at least you offered your opinion. And I think it's especially important in this situation too, to like speak up about what you want to do or what you think would work um, with sponsored stuff. A lot of the times a brand might give you a brief and it's like, it's, it's horrible. You know, like you're going to create this video and people are going to hate it it's and happened. you know it. <laughs> Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> it happens all the time. So instead of just making the video, I think it, brands have a lot of respect for you. If you're able to say, cool brief. However, my audience really doesn't respond well to X, Y, and Z, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you speaking up and saying that makes it so they're not wasting their money, essentially, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's scary to say your idea sucks to the brand, but you frame it in a way that says, my audience is not going to buy it if we present it this way. Right. This is how they're going to do it. And that is something that a brand will, you know, really value and, and respect from you. And again, they're hiring you for your expertise. You know your audience better than anyone else. Um, so especially with sponsored work, I think it's so important to speak up about that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I like hung up the call and I was like, dang it. Like, I just don't feel like <laughs> I got everything that I wanted to say out. Yeah. So, I mean, I, and I don't, I think I, the opportunity is still there, you know, I, and yep. we're going to do some like smaller work together, but, um, I think because of that, like, I'll still have the opportunity to kind of like bring up some of those ideas that I had. Like it was basically, I had an idea to do like a 30 day challenge using their product, like intermittent throughout the month. Um, so I hope I can still, you know, right. 
well, especially uh, in that situation, like if you are going to do smaller work with this brand and you're going to have this opportunity to prove like, look at how great my content is. I'm great to work with like this worked, you know, then I think again, like it helps them build trust in you as a partner and then eventually they might be like all right you know this girl knows her stuff like she's awesome she's really great to work with like maybe we do need to like hear her out more and then that's when you can kind of come in and and present this idea and say well you know the last video did really well but i think one thing we were missing was you know i was only able to share it once you know people Mm -hmm. need a repeat exposure they want to see the results how can we show them the results i want to do this for 30 days and there's no better way for them to see the, the change in 30 days for them other than them to follow me along on those 30 days. And, you know, then you might spark their interest. And again, they've been able to build trust with you at this point. So it might be easier for them to like hear you out again, instead of just being like, Nope, sorry. That's like what we're doing. Take it or okay. leave it. Um, so don't, you're right in saying like, you do still have the opportunity. Don't think that like, just cause they wrote it off once that like, it's never going to happen. Um, again, like keep, keep offering your opinion and keep showing like, I know my stuff, you know, like I know my audience, I know what they want to see. Like, look at X, Y, and Z, look at how these things performed. I want to do something like this, you know, and and the more proof you have too, I think the easier it is for you to show them. And that's where those stats come in, you know, like you say, (laughs) well, last time I did something that I I thought was going to work really well with the brand, look at what happened. Like, don't you want these kind of results? Let me help you help yourself, basically. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that totally, it all ties together. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. Um, cool. All right. How do you feel? Do you feel like a little bit better about all of this? Yeah, definitely. I, yeah, I, I know exactly kind of like what I'm going to do from here on out in the different, you know, parts of the relationships with the brands because it's just a constant flow (laughs) it really is and I mean like I think based on like everything that we talked about today like most important thing is just like being in it for the long haul building those relationships for the long haul like you know if you can only get one deal okay that's great for now but like how can you continue to stay in touch with this brand how can you continue to build the relationship and then you know before you know it you're one of their their people that are like always getting the partnerships like they're always going to call on you for these partnerships so building the relationships um offering your opinion offering your strategy that's going to be invaluable for sure awesome yay all right guys well i hope everyone listening really took something from this episode we talked about a lot of really great things that i know anna is not the only one struggling with um so if you guys have any questions or want to hop on a free one-on-one podcast coaching call, become a member of our private membership community, The Social Suite, and we will see you guys next week. Thanks for joining us, Anna. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me.